Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. With Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk of 24-7 Sports. Powered by Taylor Construction Equipment. Whether you're looking to rent, lease, buy, or for service, contact Taylor Construction Equipment today at taylorconstructionequipment.com. Now get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk here with you on a Tuesday morning. Thanks for joining us here at supertalk.fm or wherever it is that you get your podcast from. We appreciate all you guys out there, our great listeners, especially our servicemen who are out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Start your day the right way with a trip to the drive-thru over at Strange Brew Coffeehouse here in Starkville or at Brupolo over in Tupelo. It would be a little weird, Robbie, if Brupolo was in Ethel. That would be really weird. Not not too terribly far from where I'm at right now. Where are you? I'm in Choctaw County. Oh, okay. Ethel is not that far down the road. No, it isn't. No, no, for sure. For sure. Well, if you know you wanted coffee and there was a Brupolo in Ethel, it, it could help you. But as it is, there, there isn't. They could probably use some coffee in Ethel. They could use coffee everywhere, so that's why I've got good news for them. They want to try Starbucks' number one rated coffee. It's just a, it's just a click away. Strangebrewcoffeehouse.com. Click that. Go to their website. Check out what they've got for offer there. All of the great flavors that are available in the stores. They're available right there for you. Be shipped right to your home, and you can enjoy Strange Brew Coffee every single morning. College Corner. CollegeCornerStore.com is the place to find the maroon and white merchandise that you are looking for, and it's great stuff. It's all it's it's more than just clothes. I mean, they got an incredible selection of polos and t-shirts and hats and hoodies and pullovers, everything you need. But if you need stuff for your car, for your home, for your tailgate, they've got all that too. Everything maroon and white in one place. It's actually in two places because they have two locations in the Jackson area. Ridge and Fleet Feet, Flowed by the Half Shell, or you can shop online at collegecornerstore.com. Restaurant Tyler, Starkville's best restaurant for lunch. There just isn't a better place to go in the city of Starkville than Restaurant Tyler. They've got the best blue plate in town. When I think about lunch here in the South, here in the state of Mississippi, I'm thinking of blue plate. I want a meat and a couple of vegetables, a couple of sides, and the best one is at Restaurant Tyler. Fried catfish, fried chicken, pork chops, meatloaf, they've got it all. So check them out. Anytime you're in Starkville, you need to grab lunch, make sure you're making a stop at Restaurant Tyler. 16 Priority One Bank locations throughout Central Mississippi ready to serve you. Go to PriorityOneBank.com to find the location nearest you and get started setting up your account. We talk all the time about eating local and shopping local here on this show. Banking local just as important. If you want to have a relationship with your bank, you've got to do it at a bank like Priority One. They know how to take care of the Mississippi customers. So give them a call today. Find your local branch. Go to their website, PriorityOneBank.com. Let Priority One Bank make you their priority. Do I, do I have a voice message here? What's just going on? There? I don't know what's going on. Okay, that's not. I don't know what's going on there. All right. Uh, speaking of things where I don't know where things are going on, Robbie, I have no real good feel for the temperature on the Chris Lamona seat. Um, it's 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 obviously warm because this Mississippi State baseball. You're going to miss Hoover for the second time straight in all likelihood. 
So to say that, you know, the natives, they're, they're, they're certainly restless, but back or not, I, I don't have a good feel. I thought after the Arkansas game, it was leaning towards gone. I think he got something back a little bit this week. I don't necessarily know that I agree with that sentiment. And we talked about that yesterday, but that just sort of is what it is. So I guess we're going to play the devil's advocate here on today's show and play the idea that Lamonis will be back for the 2024 uh, baseball season. So let's sort of start here at the end of this season and take ourselves into this time next year into what Mississippi State needs to see from Chris Lamonis for him to maintain that position for another season and beyond. And obviously the first thing on the list is, is the pitching coach. So my question to you, Robbie, is this. Do you think Mississippi State will be successful in attracting a top-quality pitching coach to come into a situation where it's it's a real possibility you'd only be here for one year? I mean, it's a really tough situation. I mean, I think you and I have, have kind of seen enough from this program that it's hard to imagine it just getting turned around like that. I mean, I, I just – it feels like the damage has been done here. And a lot of times when that happens, it's, it's really tough to get that back. And so I don't know if one year can fix that. They're going to have to get – one of the best pitching coaches in the country, and they're going to have to spend a lot of money probably in the transfer portal, and they're going to have to retain the roster. They're going to have to get everybody you know, back in good standing or whatever. I, it's just a really tough situation to be in. You're either firing a coach two years after winning a, sta- a national championship and trying to convince somebody else that, you know, <laughs> they're going to have time to rebuild this after firing a coach that's just two years removed. Or you're bringing back a coach that has a lot of issues on this roster that's got to go out and completely retool the pitching staff. I mean, complete overhaul. And you're going to have to hire one of the best coaches in the game you feel like to do it. It's not an easy decision, I don't think. As, as easy as people want to make it out to be, a lot of people think the easy decision is just fire Chris Amonis. I don't think it's that easy of a decision. I think there's a lot of things in play here that you have to think about. Zach Selman's going to have to uh, assess the entire program, kind of where it stands, figure out how it got to this point. How can Chris Lamonis fix it? Is it possible to be fixed by this uh, current staff? There's a lot of things that have – there's a lot of questions that have to be answered, and you can't just look at – you know, if State wins a series against LSU and then wins right. a series against A and M, and say everything's good, I, I don't think it's I don't think it's that easy either. So I don't know, man. I I don't know what to do. I, I don't know what the what the issues are. I don't know where the root of the issue is. If it if they feel like it was Scott Foxhall and that can be easily explained, then maybe so. If they think it's a culture problem within Mississippi State's locker room and and Chris Amonis is part of that issue, then you got to find another coach. But there's certainly a lot of conversations that need to be had over the next couple of weeks for Mississippi State. And um, I don't envy Zach Selman at all here. So then back to my question then, do you feel confident Mississippi State can attract a pitching coach of a high enough caliber here to Starkville in that situation? Uh, I mean, money and branding and, you know, Mississippi State being on the big stage, that could go a long way with coaches. 
there might be a lot of coaches that say, I don't care if I'm fired in a year, if I'm making, I don't know, $800,000. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure what state's going to be paying a pitching coach here, but I imagine they can put, they can dangle out uh, some bait pretty easily for a coach. It's going to be up to a guy to realize whether or not he wants to be thrust in this situation because there's no doubt about it that if Chris Lamonis returns, his seat's going to be red hot. I mean, year three, you do this again next year, there's no way he can come back. Right. But I don't, you know, I don't think anything is set in stone either way. I know a lot of people are saying he's for sure going to be back. A lot of people are saying for sure he's going to be fired. I don't think anything has been just, you know, set in stone to this point. I don't know if those conversations have have happened yet uh, one way or the other. And then it becomes a question of players. You know, I feel like you have a and, – and look, we don't know. Some of these guys might go to the portal. I don't know the answer to that or not. But your your core of Hines, Jordan, Highfill, and Mershon, that's that's a good core. That's mm-hmm. three – you know, you got a junior and three sophomores in there that you feel pretty good about. Um, and then, you know, Bri- and I, you know, I'd include Bryce Chance in there as well. I think Bryce Chance has shown this year that he can hit. And, and you know, next year he'll definitely be one of the starting outfielders. So you got five good players there in your lineup. You got to find a second baseman or maybe a shortstop. You know, I think Marshawn is more of a second baseman by trade. Uh, third base is going to you got to find somebody there. That's that's a big that's a big spot to fill. I don't think Slate Offord is going to be that guy next season. I, I just I feel like I feel like that's the guy who's going to go to the portal. Just just the way that this year has gone for him. But you got a good young core there. But pitching wise, I mean, it really is a, a bare cupboard. You know, you have Bradley Lofton, who has been obviously been injured for for weeks now, and I don't see him, you know, pitching this weekend. Durangelo looks like he can be a good player for you going forward, but he's got to get more consistency. I, I, I'm at the point with him where I think he just needs to concentrate on throwing right-handed. I, I feel like he's just not as solid left-handed, and if he can't be solid there, just just stick with the right-handed stuff because it's really good. He's, I mean, he's good enough to get left-handed batters out with his right-handed pitches. But you're going to have to go into the portal there. And you mentioned this yesterday. LSU kind of showed it's it's difficult to build your rotation through the portal. You might get one guy, which is what they did. They got Paul Skeens. But can you get a second and third guy? I, I don't know the, if that's the case or not. So, I mean, obviously pitching is the priority in the portal. What else for you? Where, where do you think State needs to, to find guys? they got to find difference makers. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. Uh, third base, you got to find a corner infielder that can come in there and not just be serviceable, but be good. That it's been too long since they've had a legit third baseman. I mean, I'm like, I'm, I'm racking my brain. You know, Alex Detz was solid, but that, I mean, Jared Parks is probably your last really good third baseman that you've had, and that was over a decade ago. Yeah, I mean, I mean, could you? I mean. I can't really think of anybody else. good hitters at that at that place, but never like an actual really like, good defender. solid third baseman. Yeah, I agree. There just haven't been very many. I mean, and that's been a position that's kind of eluded them. And it's a tough position to play. I mean, more often than not, you're getting some hard-hit balls over there at third base, one of the you know tougher positions of the infield to play. But, I mean, some of these are just routine grounders over to third base and they're getting thrown into the dugout or they're bringing the guy off the bag, bouncing in the dirt. I mean, they're just – the play there has just not been acceptable. 
And I, I think that Mershon did a good enough job there, but he kind of struggled at, at a certain point, so they had to get back with Slate. They just haven't been able to find anybody to play that. Nate Chester's not going to be able to hit well enough. So you're in trouble there. You've got to get some legit defense at that position. It's cost them a lot. Mm-hmm. So they've got to find somebody there. Um, you know, I don't I don't know what they're going to do in the middle infield. I think Mershon is definitely capable of playing shortstop. So he could play there. He could play second base if you find a, a, a shortstop out of the portal. You need to find another, you know, middle infield hitter, kind of like Amani Larry uh, out of the portal. Maybe an outfielder. If you can get a difference maker, if you can get another Colton Ledbetter, you'll take that all day. But yeah. you're going to have to go heavy in the portal for this pitching staff. I don't know if what they have on the roster and what they have coming up can do the job. You got to go get an ace because mm-hmm. there's nobody. I mean, who, who's going to be your ace next year? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think Durangelo is ready to make that jump yet. That's a big jump. Yeah. And we haven't seen it from him yet. And Lofton, obviously. Lofton, he's hurt right now, so we don't know what's going on with him. I mean, you're bringing in some good pitchers in this class, but there's not a whole lot of guys that you know you feel like can come in right away and be right. great starting pitchers. There's not a JT Ginn in this class. No, there's not. Yeah. So, you know, the – the offseason is going to be huge for this team. They're going to have to completely restructure this pitching staff because it's just a disaster right now. And they've got to get better leadership in there from um, a coaching standpoint, uh, a guy that is going to kind of change how they do things because I think the mindset right now is just not going to work. So there's just – there's so much work to do in the offseason, man. And that, that was the case last year, too. And we thought they had kind of settled things a little bit. And even with the good haul that they had in the portal, we so, we see where that led. I mean, it's still not fixed. It actually got worse. Yeah. So I don't have an answer. I, I mean, the only thing I can say is you'll have to go out there and get two or three guys similar to Paul Skeens, maybe not on his same level, but some guys that come in and make that kind of impact for you that you can come back and compete next year. Otherwise, it's another rebuilding year, and I, I don't know if that's going to get the job done. Well, let's talk about that the, the season itself and what that's going to have to look like for Chris Lamonis. I'll be totally honest with you. I, you know, you you look about you look at this year, right? I, I came into this season saying, okay, if this team can just be in a regional, yeah, you know, it's a good step back, right? You 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 had a bad year. You took a step forward back into what Mississippi State baseball is supposed to be, right? You're two seed in somebody else's region. If we're going to go two years into this, I'm not going to do that next year. I'm going to say next year, you better be back to where Mississippi State baseball is supposed to be. You better be a host. I'm I'm not saying you got to be a top eight, but you better be a top 16 next year. And if you're not, that to me tells I mean, three years on on the job and you can't get that done, that's not enough. I mean, and that's going to be I, I, that's going to be hard. I want to say right now, I'm of the opinion that I wouldn't give him a third year. I would say you, you need to move on. Very rarely are you going to see a coach have two bad years and then dig himself out of the hole. It's very rare. But if you're going to give him a third year, he needs to be all the way out next year. And I don't see. I mean, that's going to be really hard to do, Brian. I mean, like, Agreed. look at look at how far this team has to go to be competitive in this league from a pitching standpoint. 
their under an average is is climbing and it's not getting anywhere close to slowing down, getting towards seven runs, which has never been done in Mississippi State history. Um, at least not since they've started keeping records, which is like back in the forties. So in modern time, Mississippi State's never had a pitching staff this bad. And you're talking about, I mean, you're going to have to lower that earn run average by two and a half runs. If not more. To feel like you have a legit SEC contender. That's going to be really hard. On top of that, you're replacing Colton Ledbetter next year. You're replacing who knows who's going to enter the portal. Kellen Clark's gone. I, I don't I would, know. I would think Amani Larry's gone. Obviously, Luke yeah. Hancock's gone. Yeah, you you would think Amani's probably going to try to go pro. You're replacing probably your best, definitely your best starter in Kate Smith. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know. Nate Dome's probably back. Uh, Aaron Nixon probably leaving. He's he's a junior. I would imagine he's probably going to take. Um, uh, MLB's uh, minor league spot. I, I mean, this it's going to be very tough. This team's going to have to have a major overhaul in the offseason. I'm talking, you know, an LSU type haul to feel really good about this team. And even then, I mean, you talk about an LSU type haul. Look where LSU is right now. I mean, they're having yeah. a lot of pitching issues as well. So, and at the same time, I mean. They they were the number two team in the country. Right. I would take that all day. If state's oh, no, eighteen no, no, and no, eight, no. seventeen and nine, or whatever in the SEC. Right. Oh yeah, because then it. you've done what you, you know, mission accomplished. You've done what you said. But I agree with you. It's going to be very very tough, Mississippi State, to do that. But this is a very very tough job, and either you can do it or you can't. And you get paid well over a million dollars. You're one of the highest paid coaches in the country. You know, I, I was willing to give a little slack this year. I will not give slack if there's a year three. I, that's just me. And if yeah, I mean, the, it's got to be. You know, the Zach Selman, if you're if you're him and you're sitting in there with Chris Monis, it's got to be a conversation where, you know, you have no choice but to go get the best transfer class in the country and the best pitching coach you can possibly get. Mm-hmm. You don't have a choice. Because if you don't and you have another season like this, I promise you, you will not have a job next year. So that's got to be – I mean, it's, it's a demand that you have to get this done. And you have to – we have to be contending for uh, Super Regional Omaha next year. We we can't do this three years in a row. You just won a national championship two years ago. We can't be this program. We can't be a program that accepts this. And quite frankly, you're exactly right. I mean, at this point, two seasons in a row where you're probably going to be – under 10 wins, you might get the 10 wins, but at the same time, you're going to be like 10 games under 500 in SEC play two years in a row. That is unacceptable at Mississippi State. That I mean, for a coach that's making what Chris Simonis is making, quite frankly, he shouldn't get that third chance. Mm. But if he does, there's no way around it. He's got to be – it can't be, just like you said, it can't be a – we just need to get back to postseason. No, no, no. You need to be hosting a region. This team needs to be, um, you know, a top sixteen, possibly. Yeah. And and to do that, it's going to take a major, major off season for Mississippi State. And I don't know if that's possible. I agree with with you totally. So uh, you know, that's not a pretty picture to paint for Mississippi State. 
we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. And, you know, honestly, we're sitting here recording on a Monday, uh, Monday about one o'clock. This time next Monday, either we'll have an announcement or we won't, right? You would think if they're going to make a move, they would they would make it on Monday and, and so they can start the process. But if you haven't heard anything by one o'clock, two o'clock on Monday, you can pretty much, you know, set your watch that Chris Lamonis will be back for a, a, a another season at Mississippi State. So we're, we were seven days away probably from getting some, some actual answers. All right, let's move into our SEC predictions. That's brought to you by our friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council who want to remind you that beef, it's what's for dinner. If you're looking for a quick, easy, and delicious weeknight meal, beef should be the star of the show. Go to msbeef.org to find recipes for how you can make a one-pot meal, an easy, quick dinner for your family starring beef. It's always going to be the best choice. Your family's always going to be happy when they find out that beef is on the menu. Beef, it's what's for dinner. Thanks to our friends at the Mississippi Beef Council. Two Brothers Smoked Meats in the heart of the Cotton District is the place to find smoked southern soul food. The wings, the nachos, the tacos, the burgers, all great. But then when you add in that the, the extra promise of helping out Mississippi State Athletics, well, now, now you've got a, uh, a can't-miss formula. That's right. Mississippi State Athletics benefits every time you eat at Two Brothers. They are a proud sponsor of the Bulldog Initiative. So when you go in there and grab some delicious food, you're also helping out your favorite Bulldog athlete. So make a trip to Two Brothers this weekend and every weekend. Head to Two Brothers for some smoked Southern soul food. Great products and great service. Every business likes to promise it to you. They deliver it to you at Advantage Business Systems, and they have for going on 48, for just over 48 years. That is a long time to be doing just about anything, but especially to be in business. And the only way you can do it is to take care of your customers. When you need technology at your business, if you need a new copier, a new printer, new computers, you call Advantage Business Systems. And then if you do need service, you talk to the same people who made you the sale. You talk to your friends, the people you know, the people you have a relationship with. No out-of-state technicians, no overseas call centers, no I'm on hold for 45 minutes. Somebody here in the state of Mississippi, a 601 number, and a friendly and familiar voice on the other side. 601-362-9192 or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems will help your business do business. The Collegiate Collection at the Rogue, it's just the best. I saw i saw those swim trunks, Robbie. I am in agreement with you. The Mississippi State. It's a trick. It's a trick. They're going to put something out there with the interlocking MSU. They're going to say, oh, well, it didn't sell, so we're not going to do it. Don't be fooled. This is part of the, this is part of the problem. That looks like something straight out of Walmart. Oh, easily. Like the Walmart easily. swim section. So don't play that game. You know the logos that you want on your polos and pullovers. Get them at the Rogue. That's the place to go. Great quality products, name brand styles, incredible service, and the logos that Mississippi State fans want to wear. The the Rogue serves the customer, not not the brand. So check them out today. Shop at the Rogue in Jackson or online at therogue.com. Don't live the three-stripe life. Shop at the Rogue. Louva Wine Bar. That's the place you're going to want to be this summer. When the weather heats up, you're going to have a cool time at Louva Wine Bar. Great wine list curated by a master sommelier, but great craft cocktails as well. I don't know what a crocktail is. Cocktails as well. I guess that's the tail of the crocodile. Yeah, right. You you put some batter on it, fry it. It's good. I've never, I don't know that you can eat crocodile. I know you can eat apple. I don't know about crocodile. 
Uh, I'm sure we could find a way, Brian. I'm, if anybody could, we could. Well, regardless of all that, if I want to, want to enjoy a delicious uh, flatbread or a, a credible charcuterie board, I'll just go to Louva Wine Bar and enjoy myself. Guys and girls, that's the place to be this summer. 509 University Drive. Head over and enjoy yourself at Louva Wine Bar. We're in our second, not quite SEC prediction. Next week, we will actually jump into conference play. But we got the Oklahoma Sooners today. And an interesting... Uh, little coincidence there from one of our most avid listeners, Brett McMurphy, who put out a way-too-early uh, bowl prediction, which, by the way, never apologize for way-too-early bowl predictions. I will read them anytime. I will read a bowl prediction the day after the national championship game. That's 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 what I think. And he had, coincidentally enough, Mississippi State and Oklahoma meeting up in the Texas Bowl. I think we could take a couple of things from that, Robbie. One, the Texas Bowl for, for SEC teams is usually a 6-6, six 7-5 and six, seven and five bowl. So that's where he's going to put Mississippi State. But it's also sort of the same thing for Big 12 teams. And if that's the case, Robbie, Brent Venables is never going to make an SEC media days. If, if we, yeah. We're about to go through this schedule. If we come up with 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five, Brent Venables is getting fired. Oklahoma's not going to tolerate that two years in a row. They just won't. No, you talk about Mississippi State's expectations in baseball. Yeah. I mean, they are not going to – and that's two teams – that's Oklahoma going to a bowl game. Mm-hmm. You know, that's – I mean, Mississippi State just getting to a regional, that wouldn't put Chris Lamontis' job in jeopardy. That would put Blake, uh, Brent Venable's job in jeopardy if he's unable to make a – or he's unable to get a winning record. Well, they were in the Cheez-It Bowl last year. That's just – the Cheez-It Bowl, Texas Bowl, that's not acceptable at Oklahoma. They will fire mm-hmm. him if they have that kind of season. This is, you know, the first the, their last year in the Big 12, but it's also the first year for the new look Big 12. So there's some interesting matchups there uh, for Oklahoma. Let's dive right into it. They start the year off with a couple of home games uh, with Arkansas State and SMU. Obviously, I think they'll go two and zero in that, Robbie. But SMU is a quality Group of Five team. They can make things interesting for them. Oklahoma better be careful there. But and I, I think part of my issue here is this. Oklahoma sort of has like it's Oklahoma, right? I didn't expect them to be six and six last year. I, I have trouble in my mind comprehending they might do it back to back years, right? And I just feel like when I hear Oklahoma, I think ten wins. Yeah, actually six and seven because they lost the bowl. Yeah, game. They lost the bowl game, so I'm going to get a losing two, record. I know I'll give them two wins here, but that SMU game better, better watch yourself. Yeah, I mean they were demolished by um, Texas last year, who was just okay. They lost to Baylor. They lost to West Virginia. I mean, all bets are kind of off right now. I am I mean, they're in prove-it mode with me. They're in Texas A&M mode yeah, yeah. with me. I think they win those two. Um, and I think they should win against Tulsa, too. It's interesting that they're going to Tulsa. Like, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, is Larry Templeton their AD? Yeah. Or John Cohen? Yeah, it's like, like I, there must have been a two for one, three for one deal. There's no way they just did a home and home <laughs> with Tulsa. I refuse to. I have to go back and look. But there you go. Trying right. to save some money. So they have back to back road games. Their first trip in Big Twelve play to Cincinnati. Cincinnati, you know, new mm. coach. Uh, obviously, uh, Luke Fickle gone on to Wisconsin. I forget who the new coach is there too. Who who is it? Um. I don't know. Hold on. 
I don't I don't know who it is. Scott Satterfield. That's right. I forgot he left Louisville. Oh yeah. That's an interesting a, hire now. I don't think they were like I don't think they were super upset that he was yeah. leaving. That's a guy that when he got to Louisville, I thought was going to be very successful. And it just hasn't I think what we've learned is that App State is just a program that you can win at. Because yeah. you know, Elijah Drinkwitz was there the next year and you see how that's going for so on the road in a fam- unfamiliar, I mean, I went. In, I doubt Oklahoma's ever played at Nippert Stadium. I'll take the Sooners here, but I won't be totally surprised, right? Yeah, I mean, like I said, I just don't know what to expect out of OU because they had. I know that they lost some guys last year, and obviously losing Caleb Williams was a huge blow because he ends up winning the Heisman Trophy, um, and we knew that was going to be tough anyway. But they still had a serviceable quarterback mm-hmm. and they shouldn't have been what they were. So I don't, you know, I, I don't know what to expect. I mean, I, I think they're, I think they're three and Oh, definitely going into that Cincinnati game. Cincinnati has a new coaching staff. We, we know that fickle was great. I'm going to go with, with Oklahoma there too. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't, I think that's just going to be the talent level is just going to be too much there. And I, I don't think that Satterfield is all that great. He, he's really tailed down since that Music City Bowl when yeah, State yeah. played them. I thought yeah. he was kind of escalating a little bit. And now I'm just not that impressed with him. I agree. I agree. So we've got them 4-0. This has got to be like the most unconvincing 4-0 of all time, right? I mean, I just feel like you're going to see like them. I feel like SMU will hang around with them. I feel like Cincinnati will make it a game. And, and they're 4-0 and nobody really knows anything. Then they play Iowa State at home. If that game was in Ames, I might go the other way. That's been a, a buzzsaw yeah. place. But I'll say five and zero. They're five and zero. They should be ranked in the top fifteen, maybe the top ten, when they play the Red River Shootout on October seventh with Texas. I think Texas is going to maul them. Yes, two years in a row. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't feel good. This about this is when they really get exposed here. Mm-hmm. But remember, we had a good start for Texas as well. We did. Well, I think and we both finished up with Texas nine and three. I mean, they're not. They're not. So both teams are going to be yeah. taking the headlines. You know, they're they're getting ready for the SEC. Look at them; they're steamrolling. Mm-hmm. They're both like five and zero or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think Texas is going to continue to move that direction. In Oklahoma, you're going to start to say, "Eh." All right. So let's keep going then. Bye week for the Sooners, and then they play UCF in Norman. John Rice still there? He still he should still be the quarterback, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, John he just Rice, won't go away. John Rice and Jeff Levy reunited here on the field at, uh, at, at in Norman. They might sing him a duet. Can they do dueling pianos? Does Levy play the piano? piano? Is there a piano bar in Norman? <laughs> Does Levy play the piano? I don't know about that. We can have a piano bar night Friday night in Norman before it starts. We'll have John Rice and Jeff Levy. Yeah. Sing us a song, piano man. I'm going to take Central Florida. Sing us a song tonight. I'm going to be sneaky. I'm going to take Central Florida. I am too. Ooh, okay. So at this point now, everybody's looking around going, okay. Not Uh good. Not good. Five and two. They go to Kansas the next week. Now I like Kansas. And I think they're on the upswing a little bit, but I'm I'm going to give Oklahoma the win here. But I, I I'm not co- totally confident in it. Yeah, I mean they played last year. Wasn't that like when Kansas first kind of got exposed last year? I think that's right. Let's 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 see what the score of that game was real quick. Kansas. 
Kansas lost. Well, no, they lost 52-41. It was a close game. But that was like that was when they first when you're first like okay because yeah. they they had like they had started off they were full, they then, were five and zero oh, they lost to TCU by a touchdown and then lost by eleven to Oklahoma yeah and we were we were starting to figure out Oklahoma wasn't very good right Oklahoma's going to be too talented here for I just, I just don't think Kansas is going to have sus- sustained success I, I agree so so six and two and then it, I hate that this game's not at the end of the year I also hate that we're losing this rivalry but Bedlam. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. This game is in Stillwater. I don't know what. So they're not. They're not going to play that anymore. Uh, They 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 they're going Texas Texas A and M route with that. They're not going to play each other anymore. It sucks. sucks. It sucks. I hate that. They could easily play each other. Yeah. I mean, especially be your Power Five. If the SEC keeps the Power Five requirement, it doesn't make sense for it not to be Oklahoma State. Mm -hmm. But I will. I'm going Oklahoma State. Don't you love the idea of Oklahoma State getting the win in the last ever Bedlam? I mean, there's something great. about that, like because Oklahoma is dominated. I think Oklahoma State's only beat them like 15 times. It's just yeah. you know Oklahoma State right now is the more I think more stable program because I just don't believe in Brent Venables, and yeah. you know they've been really solid over the last decade plus. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to win this game. All right. At home. I'm going to agree with you. You know that place is going to be supercharged. This is the last one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right about that. So six and three. I love that it's in Stillwater, too. The last one ever. Six and three. Then they bring West Virginia in. I'm not big on West Virginia. I, I think I think Oklahoma can get that one. Mm, yeah, I, I mean. It's at home, too. West, West Virginia beat them last year, didn't they? Ah, let's find out for sure. Oklahoma. They, they did. They beat them in. They did beat them last year, but that was that was in uh, Morgantown. This one's in Norman. Yeah, I don't think they're going to win in Norman. All right. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take three, Oklahoma. Seven and three. These last two are tricky, man. At BYU. That's a horn. I'm taking. Game. I'm taking BYU. That's a really tough place to play, man. Yes. And especially playing at BYU that time of year, it's gonna be freezing cold up there. Ugh. Yeah, yeah, I like BYU there. And then they finish the year with TCU and Norman. I like TCU. Seven and five. Yeah, he's getting fired. Ooh. He'd get fired at seven and five. No questions asked. No, no doubt about it. Fired. Yeah, six, six wins and seven wins. They're not gonna cut it. You're gone. So. We're saying seven and five for the Oklahoma Sooners. We agreed on all the games. Uh, I agree. I agree with Robbie's picks there. So seven and five. Eesh. That is not how Oklahoma planned to when they made this announcement two years ago and they had Lincoln Riley, they were not planning on walking in the SEC coming off of six and six and seven and seven, seven and five seasons. That was I guarantee that. So all right. Next week we're actually into the SEC. So Robbie, where should we start? Hmm, let's start with Florida. Ooh, that's an intriguing one. All right, I like that. We'll start with the Florida Gators next week as we jump into our actual SEC previews. That'll be fun. All right, a couple of extra pieces of content today on the channel. Uh, I've got an interview with Mississippi State women's golf coach Dusty. I'm sorry, that's the men's golf coach, Charlie Ewing. I'm going to talk to him uh, as soon as Robbie and I wrap up here. Uh, So we're going to talk to him about his team. They're about to be playing for a national championship. 
Also, I put together those two compilation shows I was talking about. So on the channel today is the SEC East. All of our spring wraparound interviews from the SEC East are available on one podcast. It's about an hour and a half long of just straight college football talk. So if that's something that interests you, I've got it there for you on the Thunder and Lightning podcast feed. So check out those special uh, editions and check out today's pod. You know, tomorrow is the rumblings. Get your questions into us uh, earlier. Going to be talking to Cole Kublik tomorrow, so we'll have that interview later in the week for our college football uh, chat. And we'll also have our SEC West compilation show up a little later in the week as well. So a lot of good stuff here on the channel this week. Hope you'll check it all out. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.